Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, Spartan Pride Podcast. Fans first, Sports Network preview show, Michigan State hosting Maryland at 3.30 today. Hopefully you're setting yourself up to enjoy a much better Saturday for the Spartan football team than we saw last week. Maryland, though, not anywhere near a slouch, not near a easy matchup for this homecoming of 2023. We're going to take a look, the outlook moving forward at the different shapes, sizes, and setup for this one as Michigan State hosts Maryland at 3.30. Offensively, Michigan State has a real simple job. Move the ball, score points. Well, that's really pretty easy to say. That has not looked super good as we're coming in through late September. Last week, Michigan State did very little with the ball. They could not run the ball, which set up really trouble all over the field. What we did see late was Caton Hauser come into the ball game. What I would suggest to you today is that we may see much more of Caton Hauser, especially if Noah Kim can't get the offense moving in the first half. All 60 minutes count one, we know that, but the start of this game is very important to the Spartan offense. They've got to find a way to block somebody and they got to find a way to work as a unit to actually be able to move the ball. Now, what I don't want to see is the same old trying to square the jam, the round peg into the square hole. That would not work. <clears throat> Mike Loxley's not a new coach. Maryland is not an unfunded or unstaffed outfit. In fact, they believe they can compete at the point of attack with the best of the Big Ten East. That in their minds, means they're going to win the battle of line of scrimmage today with the Spartan offensive line. That is really the key for the Michigan State offense. They've got to find a way to move somebody and block somebody, try to get something going. I don't really care if it's run first or pass first. I do think that there needs to be some flexibility with the option. Once again, if that sounds familiar from years past, it's because it works. I heard Jerry Donardo talking about it last night. We may hear a lot of folks talking about it halfway through the first uh, half, sometime in the second quarter if Michigan State has 20 yards rushing on like eight attempts. So keep an eye out for that. and Keep an eye out for what kind of, really what kind of energy and focus, what kind of poise the offense has. There's a lot riding on them in this first half. They need to show up, and Michigan State's going to have to score points to stay with Maryland today. This is the Spartan Pride Podcast, the outlook moving forward, the Maryland preview. I hope you're on the way to the game right now. If you are checking us out at your tailgate, 
Excellent. Great. Spartan Pride Podcast. Jonathan Shop with you. Defensively, Michigan State's got their hands full once again with a high-powered scoring offense. Tyalua Tungavaloa is the quarterback. Maryland has scored no less than 38 points in the first three games. Now, we're talking about Towson, Charlotte, and UVA. Not quite Michigan State level, but did you see what happened to the defense last week? Michigan State's going to have to find a way to contain Tugavailoa. He's going to score. He's going to throw the ball around. He is turnover prone. So what you're looking for here is, can they find a way to affect the passer? And if they cannot, how bad is the damage? Can they try to find a way to triage the yards in the air? If they can, they may be able to hang around with Maryland and keep Maryland under the minimum they've had so far, which is 38. It's very simple to suggest that the closer Maryland score is to 30, the more likely Michigan State is competitive and has a chance to win. But there is no question this one could get out of hand. It can get out of hand relatively early. It gets out of hand if Michigan State has no ability to successfully cover Maryland and Tungabailoa has time to throw the ball. Maryland's not likely going to beat you running the ball. They're going to beat you getting the ball out in space and then with yards after the catch. But their offense does have the ability to be turned over. So we have to see what adjustments or what life there may be left in a defense that gave up record-breaking numbers last week as Michael Penix, as we discussed on this show, just destroyed them once and for all for the last time. No more visits with Michael Penix, but Tungavailoa is a real similar prospect and challenge for the defense. Special teams-wise, you would like to see what Michigan State's going to do returning. That's an interesting thing to take a look at. Who's returning and also who's out there on the field. Some of these plays are forgotten. You get up, you're moving around, you're paying attention to something else in the stadium. But a lot of your younger players for Michigan State are going to get their first shot covering a kick, possibly fielding one, but mostly covering a kick. So I keep an eye out for them if you're looking for specific guys, maybe younger guys who haven't played much yet. Take a look out there in special teams. That may be where you see them. This is a Spartan Pride podcast, the outlook moving forward for Maryland. Maryland at Michigan State at 3.30 today. This is the Fans First Sports Network. When it comes to intangibles, now we're actually talking. Now we're talking. This is probably the most important thing in this game, the most important area to evaluate really the most important thing for the rest of the year. What does Michigan State football want to do the rest of this year? It's not that simple. The reason it's not that simple is you have 105 kids and about 20 coach and their support staff members. They don't know what their future is right now, but it will not be what they were planning for. So this has an impact on individuals. It has somewhat of an impact on families. It's thrown everything totally out of the ordinary. We don't need to talk much about Mel Tucker, but we don't have anything to cover for the disruption that's gone on here. People have planned their working and professional lives, their personal lives around building this program at Michigan State. Mel Tucker's still not even halfway through his contract, and the whole thing gets blown up seemingly overnight without anybody really knowing about it, although there was obviously something 
in the mix for a while that was appropriately shielded and protected and not made public. We do not want those kinds of investigations made public for a number of reasons. That's all I really want to say about that one at this time. But what I will say is, what is there intangible-wise? Well, I don't know how many of the 105 kids want to be part of Michigan State football right now and want to be part of Michigan State next year. You can bet there's a good number of them that are staying no matter what. That always happens, and that's great. But how many do you need to beat a team like Maryland? Well, I would suggest to you that you probably need 70 and no less. You're not going to beat Maryland with 20 or 30 guys all in. You're not going to beat Maryland with 40 or 50 guys all in because that's really the minimum that it's going to take. So intangible-wise, this team can compete to win enough games to make a bowl. That That's on the schedule. If they do well with Maryland, you've got Indiana, which is one you would expect to win, and all of a sudden... Your September is a 4-1. and one. That doesn't look so bad. That doesn't look so bad at all. What does look bad is if you have a situation, or I'm sorry, Iowa. So you've got Maryland and Iowa, and then basically Maryland at Iowa, and then the bye week. So there's a reason and an opportunity for this team to find some intangibles. But we're really nearly impossible to predict what we're going to see. I'm looking for the first 30 minutes. They all count one, no doubt. The last minutes are often more important than the first, no doubt. But this team can't afford to get behind by a bunch. If they do, look out below, it's going to get ugly. And that's where coaching comes into play. Not a great look for Harlan Barnett last week. I assume that a lot of the players on this team did not feel great about the way that went. And the question is, are there enough to turn it around? Maryland is a real deal opponent looking to make some noise in the East this year. I don't think Maryland's gonna win the East. I think they know they're not gonna win the East, but they could help decide the East because they think they've got enough up front to compete and they've got enough out wide to make plays to actually beat one of the big boys in the East. Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan are those big boys at this time. What does Harlan Barnett have to try to neutralize Tongue of Iloa this week? What kind of adjustments in responsibilities or attitude, really play calling, play call influencing from the head coaching position are we going to see? Are we going to see Harlan Barnett try to put some stamp on things? Are we going to see Harlan Barnett step out of the way and let his guys who are coordinating do their thing? I don't know, but I think we're going to have a chance to see more this week. I don't think this game's going to get out of control without Harlan Barnett putting his uh, thoughts in there and trying to steer the ship away from another massive blowout at home. That is not what anybody wants to see today with Maryland. So overall, what to expect? It's not easy to tell. Last week, I thought Michigan State was going to have something, show up, really play their best so far this year in trying to knock off a nemesis in Michael Penix. They did not. They got flattened. They got beat in maybe the most important area that we thought they could compete, the one-on-one matchups. And that's what I want to talk about now. This is not the same old Maryland. If Maryland come out and physically dominates Michigan State today, that is a direct shot at all the strength and conditioning work and recruiting and development work that Mel Tucker and staff have done. I would argue that that really cannot happen. If it would have happened with Tucker being here without any kind of issue, that would not be good. 
If it happens with him being gone, while there'll be a little bit of leeway given maybe because you may not be getting the best out of every player uh, on the roster, I would say look beyond that. This is really important. Michigan State should have a one-on-one advantage with Maryland. At the worst, they should be able to compete with them physically and athletically. If they do not, you have a bigger problem here at Michigan State with the football roster and development than we would have thought even just a couple weeks back. So overall, that's the thing I'm looking for more than anything. Is there an advantage for Michigan State? Are they behind Maryland as far as strength, conditioning, agility, speed, power, or are they ahead of them more often than not? I believe we'll know that in the first 30 minutes. I would look at that as much as anything. This is a game that could get out of hand and Michigan State could get blown out at home again. If they do, you will hear some very loud and consistent boos. Not so much that fans will be booing the players, but booing the whole situation. Fans can't boo Mel Tucker. They're never going to get a chance to boo him again. They're unable to boo. Really, they're unable to do anything other than boo. They could not show up, but if you show up, you're probably going to boo before you leave if it doesn't go well. So if you hear boos today, I would qualify them. I don't think they're necessarily booing the players. I think they're booing the overall situation. And it would not be a surprise at all. What Noah Kim and company may be able to do, though, is right this ship. Get their season back actually on track for a chance to play for a winning September. And honestly, a chance to play for a 4-1 and one September if things go well today hosting Maryland. I don't know what we're going to see. I think a Maryland blowout is possible. I think a Maryland close win is possible. The only thing I don't see possible is a Michigan State blowout. That would surprise me big time. I think a Michigan State close win or loss is possible, but I don't see a Spartan blowout. That would be a real surprise. So overall, we got a mixed bag. We don't know exactly what to expect, but I know what we need to see. We need to see a much more cohesive and consistent and organized effort for Michigan State football. And they've got to measure up physically with Maryland. If they don't, this is going to be a very long fall on the banks of the Red Cedar. Jonathan Schaub, Spartan Pride Podcast. This is the Outlook Moving Forward, the Maryland Preview. Thanks very much, and I will talk to you next week.